Apple releases a 1985-inspired box. Some Mac Mini goes Intel. We chat with Amanda Lefevre from Microsoft. And all that and much more, My Mac Podcast 71. The next generation of radio, it's the MyMac.com Podcast. from the MyMac.com studios. It's your hosts, Tim Robertson and Chad Perry. I'm Chad Perry. I'm Tim Robertson here to talk about my tale of woe. Woe? Woe. And then not so much woe. Oh. And then woe again. Oh. But then it turned into not woe. Really? It's been a very strange day for me. What happened? Well, first of all... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, boy, let me, let me back up. My car, here in Michigan, it gets a little chilly, obviously. Right. My car was not warming up the way it should have, driving uh, one of the kids to school the other day. Mm-hmm. So I uh, decided, well, it, it's probably a thermostat, or maybe I'm just low on antifreeze or something. Yeah. But, I mean, it was going from very cold, my temperature gauge, to very hot in seconds. So I thought, mm-hmm. Ugh, that's not good. So I just turned around and went home and... Um, my wife drove the kids to school, and there I sat. Yeah. Yesterday, we put some antifreeze in it, and uh, hoping that might help, but it didn't. So I thought, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to have to take it to the garage. Mm-hmm. And I'm still convinced it's probably just a thermostat. That's or right. maybe At the worst, maybe a water pump. So I get woke up very early this morning from uh, where I took it, the garage, mm-hmm. and they say, you got a blown head gasket. What? Blown head gasket. Yeah, oh, it, it was sucking air in through the block <laughs> and uh, messing up the temperature gauge, which is why it wasn't it, you know it wasn't reading whether it was hot or cold. And so they basically have to tear the entire engine out of my car <sighs> and resurface the heads. And mm-hmm. uh, between that and the parts, thankfully my da- my father works at an auto parts store. Yeah, it's worked there for thirty years. Mm-hmm. So thankfully, I will get the parts at cost. Right, but even at cost for the parts. It's the labor. That it's like three hundred bucks yeah. just for the the parts. Yeah, and uh, the machine shop where they where they grind <clears> the heads <throat> down is also where my dad works. So I get it's like sixty bucks a head. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the labor is what's going to get me nine hundred dollars. So this is just basically an expense I just really cannot afford at the moment. Right. I mean, uh, maybe a month and a half from now it would have been. It still wouldn't have been nice to swallow. You know, mm-hmm. between twelve and fifteen hundred dollar repair. Right, but. Right now is just like the worst time to happen. So, um, my morning didn't start off well. No. So, it began with a woe. <laughs> mm-hmm. But woe. but the well with the woe as in oh woe, woe is me <laughs> woe is me, and then I got a whoa yeah moment. Yep, I'm uh, sitting in the front room. And the little one is watching, I don't know, something. And I've got the laptop in my lap, and I'm mm-hmm. preparing for the show tonight. And mm-hmm. I kept hearing these car doors shut outside. So I look outside, and I see somebody loading up mattresses in the back of a truck. And it's my next-door neighbors. Duh. Now, for those who don't, and I don't I don't think I've ever, ever talked never about We've never discussed it. I have absolutely the worst neighbors in the world living next to me. <clears throat> All night long, we hear boom. All night. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Very heavy. Cars are in and out of the driveway all night long, blasting their stereos. And they never stay very long, as I recall. Yeah, no. So I'm pretty sure they're probably dealing drugs. But yeah. I've never actually seen them, so maybe it's unfair of me to say that. But, yeah. you know, I, I don't mind rap music mm-hmm. much. I, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to go out and buy any rap music. But if, if I go somewhere and somebody's playing some rap music, as long as it's not the really raunchy, you know, blah, and I'm going to do this to mm-hmm. you, and, and mm-hmm. my women, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't like that stuff. Right. But the heavy bass, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've been going to rock concerts since I was 13 years old, so that's, although it's been a long <clears> time <throat> since I've gone. Yeah. Um, so the, it's not that it's rap music. It's just that at 3 o'clock in the morning, that's not what I want to hear. You know, and I'm not talking about just the weekends. I'm talking this happens all the time. Mm. And it was just driving me crazy. Just driving me crazy. In fact, um, this is for the listeners, obviously. Chad's wife actually found the owners of the rental property next to me and gave me their contact information. And I talked to them, and, and it was complaining about these people. I, I just yeah. couldn't take it. I was getting, and I haven't been sleeping good for a long time. For a long time. That's great English, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, you even went as far as to buy a white noise generator for the bedroom, didn't and, you? And I also put... Yes, I did. And I also put stuff over the windows, which I can say, well, that was for wintertime to, to putting this cushion stuff on the windows. But it was really to, to cut down on the noise. Yeah. You know, they were waking up the two-and-a-half-year-old all the time. They were waking me up. My wife and I would lay in bed just staring at the <clears> ceiling. <throat> and personally, when stuff like that happens to me, I get very angry. Mm-hmm. And so instead of falling gently to sleep, I'm laying there plotting revenge. <laughs> I, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, it's wintertime, so I'm thinking, I know where their gas line goes into the house, and I know how to turn it off. Because mm. it's an identical house to mine almost. Yeah, I can go over there and turn their gas off. They won't know it for a couple of hours until it starts getting really cold. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would never do that. But right. I know. you just think of these. Oh, uh, I know. I, I'm going to take nails and... and throw them in their driveway or mm-hmm. just, oh, I just, you just start getting so angry about it. Mm-hmm. And I've mentioned it to them and I wasn't rude about it. I would say right. stuff like, do you think, you know, you could tell your friends that when they come in, when they come over to, you know, maybe turn down the radio when they pull mm-hmm. onto our block or something, because, you know, you guys are waking up my kids at night and they were, they were always, oh yeah, I know. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the friends that would come over were just, I, I, I don't know how to describe them thugs basically the when you think of that attitude rapper thug mentality Mm -hmm. that you see on mtv yeah that's what these guys always they kind of you'd say something hey can you turn that down a little bit and they'd look at you like you're an idiot or something Mm -hmm. and i just kept getting angrier and angrier but i didn't know what to do with it i we eventually were calling the police quite often but honestly the police weren't doing anything about it right so when i saw him loading up the mattresses today and I saw a rent-to-own company over there yesterday picking up the refrigerator, uh, the couch, the love seat, pretty much everything that was in their house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was hopeful. <laughs> but I kept thinking maybe they just ran out of money and they can't afford their rent-to-own furniture, mm-hmm. so it's being repossessed. But they're mm-hmm. taking the refrigerator, too. You can't mm-hmm. stay in a house very long if you don't have a refrigerator. Yeah. So today I see them loading up this truck with these mattresses. So I go outside and I said uh, to the younger girl, she's maybe 11 or 12, I mm-hmm. said, uh, you guys moving or something? And again, I've always been nice to them, mm-hmm. especially to her. She's the, She was the nicest one living there, the, the younger girl. Mm-hmm. And she said, yeah, we're moving to Idaho. I wow. said, Idaho? What, 
why are you moving to Idaho? She said, oh, my mom just don't want to deal with anything anymore, and we're just going to Idaho. Hmm. I don't I, I don't understand that. But So I see the mom walking down, coming outside, and I mm-hmm. said, you're moving to Idaho? And she says, yep, I just can't deal with broken glass no more because the front of their house, this big old window, mm-hmm. is smashed. And it's like the fourth <clears> time <throat> it's been smashed. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's a defective window. It's smashed because... Someone in the house has smashed it. Or their idiot friends that come over. Yeah. And uh, so that's the, whoa, good news moment. Mm -hmm. The idiot jerk neighbors are finally moving. (laughs) doesn't necessarily mean the next people that move in are going to be any better. Right. But these people are moving out. I'm so happy. Yeah, at least you get... So so I thought that kind of counters the bad news from the car. Right. About 3.30... Let me. Ha- I, I got to figure out my ex-wife's mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. In other words, my ex-wife's new husband, mm-hmm. his mom. Oh, God. okay, okay. Obviously, my daughter isn't with me Monday through Friday. Well, she is part of Friday. I pick her up Friday, and then she's with me Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then she mm-hmm. goes back to her mom's house. It's not quite fifty-fifty, but because she goes to school during the week. Technically, I actually get to spend more time with her, which mm-hmm. is fine with me. Yep. Uh, and I've got a good relationship with my ex-wife's husband and his mom mm-hmm. because that's where Rachel goes when she gets out of school. She gets right. off the bus and she goes into, uh, for her, she calls them grandma and grandpa, but it's really not. Right. That's where she goes when she gets out of school. She also gets on the bus at school there. I get a call from her. Her name's Wandrella. Mm-hmm. Strange name, but real nice lady. Yep. Uh, Wandrella calls me at 3.30, and this is about an hour after Rachel gets out of school. And she says, did you pick Rachel up? And, of course, my heart starts thumping. Yeah. And I said, no, I didn't pick Rachel up. Because, remember, my car is... Yeah, in the shop. Yeah, but even if it wasn't, I didn't pick her up. And I said, no. And she goes, well, Rachel didn't get off the bus. I know she got on the bus this morning. And usually if there's an after-school event or she gets sick at school and Becky, Becky being my Mm ex-wife goes and picks her up, they call me and let me know. I didn't hear from Becky or anything. They didn't tell me that anything happened after school. So she had Mm -hmm. called the lady across the street, whose child also goes to school with Rachel and gets off the bus. And they said Rachel was never on the bus and didn't get off the bus. Or at least they know she didn't get off the bus, but they don't remember if she was on the bus on the way home. Mm -hmm. My ex-wife drives school buses but for another school district right i immediately call rachel's school my daughter nobody answers the phone there Mm. i call the transportation office and i'm and i tell them my daughter never got off the school bus i need to know what's going on my heart is racing 100 miles an hour and so is wandrella's because Mm -hmm. she doesn't know what's going on right and uh, this is the closest thing she'll ever have to a granddaughter so she's obviously worried uh they try to track down the bus driver but he's out of range I don't know what that I don't know what that means, but he there's no way they can reach him. Mm-hmm. So I call my ex-wife's house, hoping that well maybe Rachel's there and she just didn't answer the phone when Wanderella called. No answer. I call it about ten times. Then of course I call my wife and tell her what's going on. She's like, "Do you want me to come home just in case you need my car?" And I said, "Yes," because mm-hmm. at this point it's been about ten twenty minutes and I'm starting to really panic. Right. And I'm starting to think about I'm just going to call nine one one so we can get an down. amber alert going. Because mm-hmm. the more time you waste, the less likely you are yeah. to find a missing child. And missing child is just going through my head. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just almost freaking out. Mm-hmm. So then I think, and, and I can't call my ex-wife because while she's deli- she's 
driving the bus, she can't answer her cell phone. In fact, she usually turns it off. I call the transportation office for that school district. In other words, her bosses. Right. And I get a real nice lady on the phone, and I explain to her the situation. Uh, One of your bus drivers, my ex-wife, Becky, her daughter did not get off the bus at school, from school. Mm -hmm. I don't know where she is. The babysitter doesn't know where she is. We're a little worried. She immediately calls Becky. Becky immediately calls me back and says, oh, yeah, Rachel had uh, something to do after school. So that was a really bad whoa mm-hmm. that went to a whew at the end. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but, I mean, there was a good 20, 25 minutes there where I was really panicking. Mm-hmm. And for those listening who's also a parent, I'm sure you guys can totally relate. And even if you're not a parent, you just got to realize yeah. when you're, you don't know where your kid is. And where she's supposed to be, she's not. And mm-hmm. everybody you talk to, nobody knows anything. Yeah. So... It's it's been such a roller coaster day. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just ups and down. Well, downs and then up and then down and then up. And uh, just thrilled to be podcasting. You know, we're 13 minutes into the podcast and we haven't even talked about Max yet, except for the opening. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but I, you know, it's it's a personalized podcast. We want our listeners to know who we are, and I think that's why the show is is as successful as it is. Yep. But we definitely want to get into uh, what's going on on today's show. Some news. Some a lot of listener feedback tell you what's going on on the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with who we have on the show today. Yep, today we have Amanda Lefevre from Microsoft. She is the marketing manager for the Macintosh business unit. That's in other words, the one of the main people that are making the Mac software at Microsoft, which is yep. very cool. We have obviously prepared a, a number of questions for her. Um, she's supposed to call in in real time in about a half hour podcast time. Lost on that, obviously. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, getting Microsoft on the show and and talking about their products. A lot of people um, don't like Microsoft. A lot of Mac users don't like Microsoft, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I understand why and I understand the reasoning. But sometimes I I think it's almost unjustified because yeah. Microsoft, as much as you want to hammer on how bad Windows mm-hmm. may or may not be and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make great Mac software, and they mm-hmm. have since the very beginning. I mean, right. most people don't realize Microsoft was one of the original Macintosh vendors. Well, Word was launched on the Mac platform. Absolutely, wasn't it? yeah, yes. And you know, this is a company that, quite honestly, the, if if Microsoft stopped supporting the Macintosh platform, the Macintosh platform would be in a lot of trouble, mm-hmm. a lot of trouble. So. Um, and I'm, I'm a Microsoft user. I use Office all the time. Yep, same here. And uh, so we're, I'm really looking forward to talking to them. And uh, in addition to that, I don't want to give the surprise away quite yet. Oh, wait. There's there's something really cool that's going to happen, 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 happen during that interview. So let's let's go ahead and talk about the big news of the week. Yep, well, the big news, Apple had their uh, little get-together yesterday, actually. Yeah, as we're recording this on Tuesday, they had their, uh, what was the name of the event? I don't even know if they had some... No, there was, there's, I can't remember what they called it. Though. Yeah, I'm just drawing a blank. I should know. But yeah, I should know, too. Anyways, it's not important. Everybody knows what we're talking about. Yep. <laughs> uh, the Mac Mini was updated yesterday and joins the iMac and the MacBook Pro with an Intel chip inside. One of the major changes is the integrated graphics chip. There is no longer a graphics card in the Mac Mini. What does this mean? Well, simply put, the Mac Mini uses the system processor and the system RAM. 
In a regular Mac, these tasks are handed off to the graphics card. So why should you care? Well, because performance will be reduced. The main processor will now have to handle all the graphics duties, which could seriously hinder system performance. Obviously, this was done at a cost saving, as a cost-saving measure, uh, but it's not a step forward at all, at least not in my opinion. Yeah, there is some debate whether the new Mac Mini is really uh, has a price increase in that you now get standard wireless connectivity on both machines, uh, Bluetooth and AirPort, but there's no longer a $500 Macintosh. Yeah. Uh, up until yesterday, you could buy a Macintosh for four hundred ninety-nine bucks. Mm-hmm. Today, the lowest one they've got five hundred ninety-nine bucks. Yeah, is that a price increase? Obviously, it is. Yeah, but if you if you would have bought a G four Mac and gotten the Bluetooth connectivity and gotten the Airport, how much would you have spent? Yeah, but still, nonetheless, yeah. there's no more sub five hundred Macs. Right, and not everybody who got a Mac Mini either wanted or needed. The wireless connectivity. I mean, it could You're be right. a Windows switcher, mm-hmm. which a lot of our listeners are. Mm-hmm. They picked up the Mac Mini. You know, they're they're setting it right next to their existing monitor, mm-hmm. and it's not wireless. There's a plug right there to plug into the network. They don't need the wireless. Yeah. And they don't need Bluetooth. But now you don't have a choice. It's a hundred bucks more. Mm-hmm. Yes, you get more. Yes, it is a price increase. Yeah. Um, but let's go back to the. Integrated graphics. You know, this is such a horrible, horrible idea. Um, it basically means you are not going to be playing any serious games on the Mac Mini. No. Uh, w- most games, and let's say there are some that you can, we'll just use World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. requires 128 megabytes of video video, right. video memory. Yeah. If you're going to take a f- 128 from... The existing RAM that's in the Mac Mini, which is only 512, you'll have to, with what, 384? To actually run the program, yeah. And to run the OS, yes, to run and, everything. Yeah, you're right. And, yep. and so, I, I'm sure it was done as a cost-saving measure. Mm-hmm. But a- Apple used to really hammer uh, the Intels for using, or the cheap PCs for not having a graphic card, for using mm-hmm. integrated memory. And now they do the same thing with the Mac Mini. Yeah. I just, I think it's a bad idea. Um if you look at the specs for Apple's site about displaying high-definition content, mm-hmm. it, it, the, the Mac Mini doesn't have enough horsepower. Yeah. It simply doesn't. Um, so it, I, I just don't know why they would do that. It has to be a cost-saving measure, but I, I just think it's a really, really bad decision. Mm-hmm. And I worry how many people out there understand what that means and we're either planning on buying a Mac Mini or already has one of the new Intel ones, mm-hmm. not realizing that it's a lot more crippled in some ways than the existing G4 Mac Mini. Right. If I was going to buy a Mac Mini right now, I would seriously try to find a company that's still selling the G4 Mac Minis, mm. simply because of the graphic processor. Yeah. But there are <clears throat> a lot of other things that the new Mac Mini has that the other one didn't. It has more USB. Yeah, I noticed that it has four USB hubs. has two RAM slots, yep. which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go ahead and go into the specs on the uh, the two Mac Minis. All right. We'll start out with the uh, 1.5 gigahertz Intel Core Single, which is the uh, bottom of the line. This has got, of course, the 1.5 gigahertz Intel Core Solo Processor, the 2 meg, two meg uh, L2 cache, 667 megahertz front side bus, 512 megabytes memory standard, uh, 60 gigabyte serial ATA hard drive and a combo drive. 
and that starts at uh, five ninety nine. Uh, the one point six seven gigahertz Intel Core Duo, so it's got two cores in it, so just one. Mm -hmm. Also has two megabytes of L2 cache. It runs 667 megahertz front side bus. Comes with a half gig of memory. It comes with an 80 gig hard drive, so you get an extra 20 gigs. It's a double layer super drive, so you can actually create your own DVDs, which is definitely a, a step up from the 599 unit. Mm -hmm. And it's 799. So if you're going to buy a Mac Mini, even with knowing that it has integrated mm -hmm. graphic card. I would definitely go with the 799 unit. It's only 200 bucks more, and you do get a whole lot more. Yeah. And the reason we didn't mention Bluetooth or Airport, Airport. it's built in on both machines. So, yeah, that's the first thing that was introduced. The second thing, yes, the iPod Hi-Fi is the long-awaited iPod boombox many were hoping for. Uh, for some, it looks like an ideal solution for listening to their iPod at home. For others, like me. It looks like an overpriced 1980s-inspired boombox, one without an FM tuner or cassette deck. <laughs> Hands-on reports. Sorry. Yeah. Cassette deck thing. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Hands-on reports indicate that it's actually quite heavy, giving pause to Steve Jobs' marketing spiel about it, uh, taking this thing to the beach with you. It's... Oh, I don't Did you really take a good look and look at it? You know what? I um I actually went to the website and looked at it. Yeah. And I I don't know what to think of it. I don't know what to think of it either, it, but to tell you the truth, there are so many third-party people who have a better design out there already. Yeah, and, pro, and I can't speak for uh the sound quality. I, I haven't listened to one yet. Yeah. And even if I was there at the event listening to it, that that's not where I would review sound quality. I'd have to take it home and I had to play with it for a couple of days before I can even make a partially informed decision on right. whether it's nice or not. Um, three hundred forty-nine bucks. No, that that's... seems way expensive to me. I mean, that puts you in the Bose price range, and maybe it competes with the Bose as far as sound quality, but it sure doesn't as far as aesthetics go. I mean, I think it's ugly. I'm sorry. I I, I look and, at it. And, and I you go, know what else Ugh. I did not like about it is that if I'm going to have something like that. I really almost want a flush mount for my iPod to dock in. Yes. I don't want my iPod sticking, sticking out the top of this thing like a fat antenna. I and want and that be... also limits where you can put it. You can't yeah. put it in a bookshelf because you can't get the iPod on the top yeah. of it now. It'd have to go on top of the bookcase unless it's a really wide open bookcase. Mm -hmm. um, you can't put it like underneath a television. See, th I think this would have been a great product, like you said, if you could have docked it inside of it somehow, the iPod. Mm -hmm. And it also would act like a front channel for a home theater system. That would have been cool. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just so limited. Um, they they say it's got these handles on it, but they're on either end of the top of it. Mm -hmm. How how do you... You'd have to carry it with two hands, mm -hmm. or it's going to be dangling there. Yeah. No way to balance it with one hand. Unless you got yourself one of them big old straps like they used to have in the 80s. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why I say it... To me, it looks like an 80s... It doesn't really look like an 80s boombox. Not really. But it doesn't look, from what I can see in the pictures, and again, I'd really like to get my hands on it to make a more informed decision. And and we might pick one up just to mm -hmm. play with it and see what it is. But, you know, knowing what's out there for the, from the third-party vendors, mm -hmm. I see Apple having a hard time selling this at this price point. Some people, I'm sure, is simply going to buy it only because... It's from Apple. They know it's going to work with the Mac Mini or, I mean, the iPod and all that. But 
Man, that's real mm. expensive for what it is. Yeah, I'd have to see some reviews on what the sound quality is. But frankly, if I'm going to spend that much money, I'd rather go for something like the uh, um, the monitor audio iDoc that David Cohen's reviewed. Yeah, that looks <clears throat> that's a very attractive system. Yeah. Um, you know, and we've reviewed some things that I think were number. This thing doesn't have rechargeable batteries in it. Right. And what is this? Is it four six D cells? Four, yeah. yeah. And talking about being heavy, I mean. I don't have anything at home that takes that many D batteries. Not since 1989. Well, and C and D batteries are expensive now because almost nothing uses, uses them. them. Exactly. Everything uses AA or AAA. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, I just I don't see that this being a big seller for Apple. Of course, I said that yeah. about the original iPod. I could be wrong. No question. But I don't think you're wrong. On I just, it's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand where, why this product is out there. I really don't. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, we are Apple enthusiasts, mm -hmm. and we're Mac enthusiasts, and we're right. iPod enthusiasts. I want Apple to be able to have these products, and I want them to sell good. But, you know, if someone comes to me and says, hey, should I buy this? Mm -hmm. Before I even hear it, I'm going to have to say, you might want to look at some of the third-party stuff out there that mm -hmm. really integrates the iPod wonderfully. What was that product we did the re video review on? Can you remember the The Z-Box. Uh, the Z-Box? No, the other okay. one. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Yeah, I know. I'm having I know it. Uh, it's right can, there on the tip of my tongue. I can see it, and I know exactly what it looks like. Well, you talk for a second while I look at right. our website. Uh, what Tim's talking about is, if any of you have seen the uh, one of the first video reviews we did, we interviewed, we uh, reviewed the Zvox, which was kind of a, it was a big, integrated speaker system with uh, three mid rangers and a subwoofer in the back, and it closed. Uh, it was small. It had. Decent sound. I mean, you're thinking of the other one because there was two of them we reviewed. One was oh, yes. one was a desktop system that probably could have worked as a center channel speaker, which you know at least had a, a double usage. I and the other this. one, and I cannot remember the name of it now. Um, boy. But basically, this was a portable system. It had a zippered case on it. it had a really tough outside hide, a really heavy duty zipper, um, and you could dock your iPod to it. It had rechargeable batteries. You could actually dock it to your. Uh, dock it to your, your Mac and uh, access your iTunes music store through it. Really slick, slick system. And and I can't find it offhand. I'm trying to do it as we're recording live and I'm yeah. just drawing a blank. I think it's actually listed in our podcast. <clears throat> Let me look under there. And, and it was nice. I've actually used that recently. Uh, I had left it at Chad's house and I actually came over and picked it up because I wanted to use it in a demonstration um, to pitch myself to this company mm -hmm. for video work. Yep. This allowed me to dock the iPod and play it right there with the audio, the iFusion. iFusion, thank you. Um, <clears throat> the iFusion, um, do you remember how much it is? I don't know. Fan. I want to say the iFusion is like 129 bucks. 139 yeah, I'm, bucks. I'm going to their website right now, which is si-5.com. Uh, the iFusion, $149. Okay. It, you know, it zips closed. You can actually store the iPod inside of it in a nice yep. little hidden mm -hmm. compartment. It mounts right on top when you open it up. It, I tell you what, when I gave that demonstration, that mm -hmm. sales pitch basically for the yep. video services that, and they went with it, um, everybody was very impressed with the setup because it was small, it was video, it was audio, mm -hmm. and it was compact. And they yep. were all like, that's pretty cool. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Right. I mean, obviously, I would have liked much better sound quality. And it was mm -hmm. lacking there. But right. it didn't take batteries because it has rechargeable batteries built in. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't heavy. 
I think for all practical purposes, other than sound, this is a better deal than Apple solution. Yeah. So Apple also introduced a leather iPod case for both the full-size iPod and the iPod Nano. However, priced at 99 bucks, it will be a tough sell. The market is simply saturated with innovative iPod cases and at much more reasonable prices. Now, there's really no way to use this case while using your iPod and no access to the controls. There is no way to connect your iPod to, to your computer if it's inside the case. I mean, if it's in the case, you can't connect it. Yeah. For 99 bucks, this is way overpriced. It should be priced closer to $30 uh, to be at all competitive in today's market. Yeah. I mean, okay, it's, it's real fine <clears throat> leather. So is half the ones that are out there for $29.99 and $39. Mm-hmm. And we review quite a few of those at MyMac.com. Yep. Um, and it's really just a sleeve. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And some people are touting the little tab that lets you get the iPod in and out easily. It, it's a hundred dollars. That's mm-hmm. just I. That is so overpriced. It's crazy. Um, I understand it has the Apple brand on it, mm-hmm. the little Apple logo. But come on, hundred dollars for a. I, I what I think mm-hmm. is a subpar case as far as functionality goes. So if you if you have an iPod and you're still thinking about a case. You don't seriously want to consider this one because it's just... There's just a lot more on the market, better for your money. A lot better for your money. Save your pennies, kids. Absolutely. Uh, We've got a lot more content to go into. Um, Let's jump into the news real quick. Okay. Um, For those clamoring for an update to Adobe Photoshop Elements, there is a new version on the way. Photoshop Elements 4 has uh, some new features including auto, auto red eye removal skin tone adjustment, magic selection brush, and the magic extraction tool. Now, it also includes iPhoto-like features, like an image ordering t- tool so users can purchase prints or books of pictures from inside Photoshop Elements, and Codex Easy Shared to, ca- to create online image galleries. Photoshop Elements 4 is available for pre-order for $89.99. I don't have a release date. Uh, also announced, or I'm sorry, not mm-hmm. announced during the... Sp- Apple special event was new content in the iTunes Music Store. Academy Award nominated short films, there's five of them in total, are now available for a dollar ninety nine each. Did you check a look at take a look at those at no, all? No, I have not. You know, let me uh over here on this other computer real quick, let me launch iTunes so I can sound somewhat intelligent when I'm talking about this. And I actually bought one. I Did just, you? Yeah, I don't remember the name, that's why I'm going here to, to look real quick here. Do, 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 do. If you go to the iTunes Music Store, right now it's actually listed on the main page. And No, it's not. Look there it is, right there, shorts. It was the banner was black when I was there last oh. time, so I was looking for the black mm. banner, now it was yellow. Ooh, wow, it's really ugly now. It looked great before. Uh, our time is up. It was a short internet, it was like a 15, 20 minute movie. Yeah. It was, it's, Kevin Pollack was the... Uh, uh, the star of it, mm-hmm. although it did have a lot of other actors that I didn't recognize, but one of them, the gardener, mm-hmm. was Hurley from Lost. Really? Yeah. Uh, basically, the story revolves mm-hmm. around he's a very successful um, psychiatrist who practices from home, mm-hmm. has pretty big client base, and at the beginning of the movie, they show you know what these people's mm-hmm. problems are, and it's the spiel. How does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. And and what does that tell you? And mm-hmm. and then. Uh, he gets a phone call from his doctor. He's got six weeks to live. Mm. So then uh, everything changes the way he helps yeah. his patients. And he basically tells them exactly what you would want him to say. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
and it's just hilarious. I <laughs> thought it was a it was a great short film. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was the perfect length. Um, it was memorable. And it's mm-hmm. Kevin Pollock. He's a great actor to begin with, right. and a f- hilarious comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, Buck ninety nine. That's the kind of stuff I would love to see more of in the iTunes music sure. store. So anybody listening, if if you've got an extra two bucks, I don't know about the rest. I, they've got to be pretty good if they're nominated for Academy Award. Mm-hmm. Although. Honestly, that really doesn't impress me anymore. Oh, so-and-so's nominated for an Academy Award. Shut up. I don't care. Yeah. A bunch of actors patting themselves on the back. Who did the best job? <clears throat> I didn't know going to the movies was such a, a race. I didn't know that was a competition. Who's best? I'm better than you. No, you're not. I acted better than you. No, you didn't. <laughs> it's such a subjective thing. Yeah. You know? And people watch the Oscars to see if their actor wins or their movie wins. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure. It's, it's just, bleh, I don't care. But what I do care about is being able to download cheaply quality entertainment. And I can tell you from the time I watched it today, Our Time Is Up was a very quality short film, and I really enjoyed it. Cool. So there's that. I'll start this one, and but I don't have all the notes for it, so you'll have to take over. All right. Napster CEO blames Microsoft for lackluster music sales. And this is a Reuter story. Technical glitches by Microsoft and the digital music device makers have hampered Napster Incorporated uh, ability to close the gap with Apple iTunes, a dominant online music service Napster's chief executive said on Tuesday. There is no question that their execution has been less than brilliant over the last 12 months, Napster chairman and chief executive Chris Gorog said at the Reuters Global Technology, Media, and Telecom Summit in New York. Our business does rely on Microsoft's digital rights management software, and our business model also relies on Microsoft's ecosystem of device manufacturers, he added. Gorug, whose company has one of the best-known names in the business, but has failed to put a dent in Apple Computer Incorporated's 80% market share, argued that eventually the Microsoft ecosystem and its Windows media format will prevail, (laughs) with new devices on the way from firms like Samsung and Sony. Ultimately, the consumer electronics giant. All we're going are all going to come to this Windows Media Party, he said. This is really going to be an ubiquitous format. The ubiquitous format. Ubiquitous. Yes. I'm sorry, yes. I always and somebody actually sent me an email about that. Or Which they, is very you know, they nice. posted. Yeah, yeah. I always do that. Use ambiguous instead of ubiquitous? Yes. Yeah, ubiquitous, I ambiguous. I <laughs> I'm a retard, that's the problem. <clears throat> Uh, Apple's seamless combination of music player and download service has not yet faced a significant challenge from devices made by companies like Samsung, Sony, Creative, or from services such as Napster or Real Networks Rhapsody, which offers monthly subscription plans using a Microsoft format. Apple set the bar. It just works, said the spokesman from Real Networks. That's one of the things. It's hard to make it easy. It's hard to make it easy and easy to make it hard. <clears throat> Napster, which shares a brand but little else with the free service that originally shook up the music industry in the late 1990s, has struggled to make its case with investors or consumers. We have not been as successful as we might in articulating the real value of this business, he said. Napster's market capitalization is about $160 million, but its cash access assets of about $112 million, leaving it with a relatively small enterprise value. The company's third quarter net loss widened to $17 million Yikes. <clears throat> for the three months into December th- 31st from a loss of $12.8 million a year earlier. Revenues rose to $23.5 million from $12.1 million. 
The company is working on an advertising-funded music service hosted at Napster.com and on developing a platform for mobile phones along with telecom equipment giant Ericsson, but so far it has only stuck one deal with a mobile phone carrier. Mm, that's good enough. Yeah. Basically, Napster's like, oh, it's not our fault our business sucks. It's Microsoft's. It's, it's too hard. Shut up. Yeah. And nobody's offering anything that's even close to being as competitive as iTunes and the iPod. It's just <laughs> good luck competing in that category, people. Yeah. Uh, let's listen to a word from our sponsors. And we have a dashboard minute. When Chad and I come back, it'll be time for Microsoft. Cool. Listening to the Dashboard Minute, heard exclusively right here on the MyMac.com podcast. Please hang up and try again. Hello, everyone. I'm Guy Searle, and welcome again to the Dashboard Minute. I have a couple of widgets to talk about today. One is very useful and gives you important information. The other one is just a little odd. I'll leave it to you to figure out which one is which. The first one I'll talk about comes from Brad Gale and Mark Edwards, and it's called the iStat Nano Widget. An odd name to be sure for a widget that gives you hardcore computer geeks, CPU statistics and hard drive and memory usage. Sounds great, but that's not all it does. CPU stats right down to idle processes, hard drive for what's used and what's free on your disks, active, inactive, and free RAM statistics, network information including your current IP address and potential file transfer speeds, open programs and how much CPU usage each program is using, how long your computer has been operating, temperature from each sensor in your machine, and how charged your battery is. All this from one widget, but oh, I've saved the best for last. Clicking the Info button allows you to select from six different skins for the widget and to also choose between three different temperature settings. Well, okay, it's Celsius, Fahrenheit, and Kelvin. There's also an Update button to make sure you have the latest version, and the ever-popular PayPal button to go to the author's site, which is iSlayer.net. If you need to get your inner geek on, they have another version called iStat Pro, which goes even farther into the depths of your Mac. It's free for downloading, but the author does request a PayPal donation if you find it useful. You'll find it at the Apple Dashboard site, where it's been the number one download for a while, and of course at most other Dashboard sites. Yes, and I'd have gotten away with it too, if it wasn't for these blasted kids and their dog. Looks like the killer gutted the victim, strangled him with his own intestines, and then dumped the body in the river. Jinkies, what a mystery. <laughs> You're right, Scoob. We're dealing with one sick son of a... Well, thanks for that, Fred. Do you like a good mystery? Do horror stories and X-Files repeats keep you up at night, searching for chupacabras or aliens? Well, this widget has nothing to do with any of those, but it will tell you how long it will be before you drop dead. Certainly more useful information than what your CPU's temperature happens to be at any given moment. What's the name of this future scene widget? What else could it be but... The Death Watch Widget... <coughs> Sorry frog in my throat. How does this modern marvel work? Just type in your birth date, gender, and personality type, 
and the Death Watch widget does the rest, telling you exactly how many days, hours, and seconds you have left before joining the Choir Eternal. It even has a handy countdown. How can you find this persistent paragon of perpetual something else that begins with the letter P? Just go to any dashboard site and type in the, the Death, Death Watch, Watch widget. widget. It's brought to you by Tim Heller, and you can find out more information about him at leftexitright.com. For a change of pace, the monster in my attic will close out the segment. If you have any questions or comments about the Dashboard Minute, or if there's a widget you like or have made that Guy hasn't covered yet, send him email to dbminute at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and be here again next week on the Dashboard Minute on the MyMac.com podcast. <laughs> And we're here with Amanda LaFave. Amanda is the uh, marketing manager for the Microsoft Macintosh business unit. Hi, Amanda. Hi there. Thanks for having me today. Thanks for being on with us. Um, let's jump right into some questions. But the first questions I want to ask is about you. What do you do at Microsoft? I'm at Microsoft, and as you said, I'm a marketing manager, and I am focused particularly on public relations and um, advertising. I also work really closely with our product managers to understand all of the product features and how they're impacting our customers, and that's specifically what I do, but our entire group is really all about um, understanding customer needs for Office, for Mac, and um, delivering on this. So that's that's kind of our, our big goal, and as a marketer, we really try to understand how to communicate them those those products to our customers so that they uh, can get the most value out of them. Uh, I, I think the answer to that is advertise heavily on Macintosh podcasts. Yeah. Macintosh <laughs> podcasts, gotcha. That's certainly something we're doing a lot of work uh, a lot of work on these days. So it's the, the thing of the now and the future, it seems. Absolutely. Well, it is for us anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how long have you been at Microsoft? I've been at Microsoft and the Macintosh Business Unit for about a year and a half, almost, it'll be two years later this year, this summer, I think, so not a long time, but it's a, it's been a, it's a great group to work in, I have to say. It's like a small business within Microsoft. We're fairly independent, and we get to manage a lot of big things and have a big impact on the community, so that's been, it's been a great position for me to start at at Microsoft. Are you stationed right there at the Microsoft headquarters? Yeah, so I'm up, I'm up here in Redmond, and we actually have um, approximately 180 people working in the Macintosh business unit. About 70 of them are working down in the Silicon Valley uh, campus, and then the rest of us are up here in Redmond. So kind of split split the teams up, so we have plenty of us down close to Apple, down in Cupertino, but this is prime, the biggest part of the team is up here in Redmond. You know, with the possible exception of Adobe, I can't imagine any other Macintosh software developer who has more employees dedicated to creating third-party software for the Mac. You're absolutely right. We're actually the largest outside of Apple, um, a largest developer outside of Apple. Um, so it's 180 of us, and it's been growing pretty steadily over time as well. So well, we've had, we have like over 20 years of experience working on the platform, so it's, uh, it's, we've had a lot of time to grow on well, that. So I like, I like to remind people that Microsoft was one of the very first developers for the Macintosh platform. I mean, 
Um, right. I don't. I don't think the Macintosh would have took off at all had Microsoft not supported the platform from day one. Yeah. Well, in 1984, we launched the first version of Word for the Mac. So the, they were on the Mac before they were on the window in the Windows world at all. So, um, yeah, we've been working on uh, working with Macs for a really long time. It surprises a lot of folks, but it's certainly the truth. We were collaborator, collaborators at the very beginning, and we continue to be so today. You know, a lot of people uh, reading Apple history tends to focus on the negative when it came to Microsoft and Apple's relationship in the early days. But that's right. really not the facts. The facts are Microsoft and Apple got along great in the early days. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they, we were really software developers for them, for their platform. And I think, you know, and as it continues to be today, we're the gold standard for um, productivity software, and everybody needs that. So whether you're a Windows user or a Mac user, it's something that's important. And because we provide that great cross-platform compatibility, um, uh, we, we do need to have a great relationship. And we have mutual customers that we're trying to make happy and make their lives a little easier. So we need to work well together. And I think we do. We've uh, just come off of Macworld where we announced a really uh, a, a formal five-year agreement with them. So it really underscores our long-term partnership and uh, commitment to our customers. Uh, Ross Ho at the Macworld Expo in January during the keynote address announced that Microsoft had formalized, like you just said, that five-year agreement to ship new versions of Microsoft Office for the Mac. Uh, what does that really mean? Does it mean that Microsoft will uh, simply update the current version, or does it mean that there will be a brand new versions in the future of Microsoft Office? Right. So the current version, Office 2004, works on the new Intel-based Macs, but it's um, translated through Rosetta, which is that translation utility that uh, that uh, Apple has introduced for the Intel-based Macs, and it runs really quite well. But uh, we are committed to developing, uh, in our next version, a uh, universal application, so it'll run on both machines. And um, the commit the commitment agreement basically says that for, at le for a minimum of five years, we'll continue to build Office for Mac for in a universal binary, so the folks that are still on a power PC can use it, and the folks on Intel-based Mac can use it as well. That's pretty much what the agreement said, and it's, uh, it's an exciting thing to be able to sign. Everybody, we felt really confident in our relationship, but we really wanted to show to our customers and to the market that... We are committed, and uh, it's been very well received. There's not another company that I know of in, as a Macintosh developer that comes out and says, we are, we are committed to develop this product for this many more years. In fact, nobody else does that. Yeah. Why do you think it's important that Microsoft does? Well, I think because there, there, are, there are questions where Microsoft, and as you said, that people tend to kind of cast a little negative relationship between us, and but in fact, we're always trying to not only say that we have a great relationship, we're, we're doing a lot of work together. We're working on um, developing those universal applications for the next version. We do a lot of work together, but we constantly need to be um, proving ourselves to our customers. They're always, they always want to make sure that we're going to be there because we are, a real, we are an essential piece of software for a lot of customers. So they want to make sure that the product that they're buying today is still going to be here and updated in years to come. And I think we're, we're happy to keep um, reaffirming our um, commitment, and uh, it's a great uh, chance for us to continue to talk to Apple and show, our, show all the work that we do with them. Well, I can tell you I'm a uh, dedicated Microsoft Office user myself. And, As am I. And we both, appreciate, we, we both appreciate you guys supporting the Macintosh platform as you do. Um, so we know that there's going to be universal binaries for Office in the future as well as uh, Microsoft uh, Messenger. 
uh-huh. that that was both announced at the expo. When can users ex- with the new Intel Max look forward to being able to run these programs na- natively? Is there a timetable, or is that still being decided at this point? So to run it natively, that will be the next product um, release. So a full the next for full version of Office will be a universal binary. And we don't have exact dates to give right now, but we're uh, we typically release a new version every two to three years, and we're still on track for that as far as we know right now. Of course, there's lots of work going on. We've got the file format um, update that's coming from the Windows Office team, and we've got the Intel-based Max things that we're working on, but we're, we're, we're thinking we're still on track, so that's kind of the time frame we, we can talk about right now. So it's going to be, <laughs> I'm not trying to nail you down too much, is it going to be <laughs> Office 2006 or Office 2007? We don't even have, uh, I, there's no specific dates yet. I think we're still, we, we don't have a specific date because we still are working to kind of work through some of the, the, the big things that have been uh, development projects that have been thrown towards us these last few months. But I think that uh, two to three years, we're still on track for that. Well, I could say you those who, math on your own. yeah, <laughs> I could say <laughs> that uh, the people that I know are running Intel Max already that are also using Microsoft Office have, uh-huh. Everybody I've heard from says it works great under Rosetta. Yeah. So that's what we've heard from customers, and a lot of media have done little kind of just quick benchmarking things to get a quick sense. And even Steve Jobs did a little quick demo of it as well at the keynote, and it it runs quite well. And um, so it's not really a, a problem if you want to go ahead and move forward with the Intel-based Mac. Office 2004 certainly runs on it, and it shouldn't be a, a inhibiting factor when you deciding which hardware to run. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. 2004 will work, and it works well. Photoshop, obviously, is kind of a big problem for Intel Mac users. And uh, But I, even if there was an Intel version of Microsoft Word right now, it's not going to help people type any faster. Exactly. <laughs> so... <laughs> Typing's your own problem, but I think, you know, from what we've heard, it's been a, it's a, pretty, it's a quite a nice experience. So we're really happy to see that. And I think that's um, testament to the work that we do do with Apple. Uh, we work with them quite closely. They are, they're the ones that are running the test passes for the Rosetta translation, and they've been really great to work with. And we can, they're, we're both identifying possible improvements to that translation. So they continue to release updates that'll um, enhance the performance and enhance things like that. So it's, I think it's going to be a great piece. And so far, it's been it hasn't been a problem for anybody. In fact, it's been quite a great experience. Now, uh, how is the Spotlight Support and Entourage coming along? Right, so we've got a few product updates. They're coming out in March, and that includes the Spotlight for um, Entourage. Um, just like we did for Excel, PowerPoint, and Word upon Tiger's availability, uh, Spotlight will now be able to index Entourage emails as well. So I know a lot of customers have been looking forward to that. It's been a little bit of a hole in their Spotlight usage, but um, we'll be delivering that in March along with a couple of other updates as well, which include um, Sync Services integration for Entourage. So now if uh, Entourage works really closely with Apple Sync Services, and that allows you to um, sync up your um, contact information and a few other things with other applications and uh, devices that also support Sync Services. Uh, Hopefully that will include cell phones? Cell phones? It's really just because we're supporting the um, functionality within within the OS. It'll sync that information with any device that also supports the Sync Services standard. Mm-hmm. We talked. So, yes. Great. <laughs> and, I, and I think Apple has a full listing of all the devices that um, 
support the sync services standards as well. We talked last week about the Microsoft Office for Mac Spring Cleaning Sweepstakes, which Chad yeah, and I both thought was I fantastic. Heard you that. Yeah. yeah. Can you give us some more details on that? What's that entail? Sure. And it's currently in market. Um, it's currently running. It started on February 15th, and it's running through uh, June 30th, so it's quite a long date. But it's springtime, and we know it's a time when everybody is ready to get cleaned up and get organized so they can make sure that they're efficient and running smoothly for the summer and able to take advantage of great weather and things like that. So um, we recognize that uh, the desire to people to get sorted out in the spring. So we're running a Microsoft Office for Mac Spring Cleaning Sweepstakes. And people can enter to win um, up to a, a part of $100,000 in wow. cash and prizes. Wow. And um, all they need to do is go to uh, the office for MacSweeps.com um, URL, and they can enter to win there. The prizes that they can win, we're giving away four grand prizes, and each grand prize winner will get a $10,000 home or work office makeover. So, um, which will include Office for Mac and the various other things. They can find out more information around the prizes on the website, the Office for Mac Suites site. And we're also giving away $60,000 in other prizes, um, some iPod pieces and some iPod um, uh, accessories and things like that. So you can go take a look at it. It's, it's a pretty big campaign. We've had great response to it. So we'd love people to go enter it up and see if they can get, get set for spring. I entered. <laughs> you did? I, absolutely. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? That that if it's, it's a it, great deal. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, people have been really excited about it, so we're we're happy to be able to offer that up. And it's also a chance for us to highlight the um, the organizational tools within Office two thousand four. We've got Project Center, we've got Scrapbook, and there are a lot of really cool things that people can use to manage their um, their work at home and their work at at work, and it, it makes it a little bit easier to get things organized and really get back to the things that they love, or get back to doing fun stuff with their family, or doing the work, their actual work. So I think it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a fun thing. We're looking forward to seeing how it turns out. Well, we posted a link in the show notes last week to it. We'll do the same thing this week. Yep. Thank you so much. That's great. Now, Microsoft and Telestream announced back in January that Flip for Mac, the software that allows QuickTime to natively play Windows media files, will be distributed by Microsoft. So right. does Microsoft plan to support Windows Media Files on the Mac via this QuickTime plugin, or will Windows Media Play for Mac continue to be developed? So when they've, they've stopped development for Windows Media Player for Mac, and they've transitioned over and are offering Flip for Mac as a free tool for download for Mac customers. Um, and I don't have a lot of information around that, and it might be something that you can talk to the Windows Media Player team on, but it's it's been pretty well-received utility. I think it's got, people really like the Flip for Mac, and it offers a little a little bit better functionality, I think, than the uh, Windows Media for Mac application. Yeah, I, so, I, I, so far, it's looked good. I don't know if you guys have tried it out well, yet or not. The, the funny thing is, I was about 75% of the way writing a review for it when Microsoft took over and made it a free download. <laughs> I was oh. like, huh. And so, yeah, because even before Microsoft did do that, I did see a lot of coverage on it. People were seemed to be pretty happy with it. And I think also because we're the teams are working together now, it's it's uh, it's a little bit easier for them to get to reach out and re- get to a lot of customers, but also to understand the complexities of the actual media. So I think it's going to be a good thing, and we'll continue to work with them here in the Macintosh business unit as well to see how we can integrate it into our products. Well, I don't know. I don't have any timelines on that, but sure. it's certainly something we're we're considering. Well, I, you know, you're probably the wrong person to ask, but my follow-up question to that was going to be, do you think that 
this plugin is going to be robust enough in the future to play Windows Media File that, say, has DRM in it, but obviously we'd probably well, I, want to talk to them about that. Yeah, you might want to talk to them. I know it doesn't support the DRM. And I, it's a proprietary DRM from Microsoft, and I don't think anybody has access to it. But, um, yeah, it might be something you want to follow up with them on. But, but as it stands, even without that, it's, it's great functionality. A lot of people have really enjoyed it. But DRM is certainly an issue that uh, nobody but Microsoft will be able to, to well, do. Well, go put a little bug in their ear. Tell them Mac users would be happy to pay for um DRM to Windows Media Files as well. So it's a big segment that they're really missing out on. Yeah, well, we'll let them know if we can. <laughs> uh, we are talking about, yeah, well, yeah, one could always hope, right? Yes. Uh, we talked a little bit about the uh, the Mac Spring Cleaning Sweepstakes and uh-huh. the, the cool giveaways. And uh, we've got a giveaway to announce on this show as well. Yep. Excellent. Did you know anything about it? Um, I think you're giving away some Office 2004 for Mac. <laughs> That's right. We're going to give away three copies of Office 2004 for Mac, uh-huh. uh, standard edition. It's a really great piece of software. I think almost every Mac user should have Office. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's just I one agree. of those programs. Well, you're paid to agree, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I couldn't. I couldn't work from no, home I without it. I so. like it. Yeah. I, I like it too. There's a lot of. Um, word processing programs people can use on the Mac. I do a lot of writing, not just for MyMac.com, but I'm an author as well. And mm-hmm. all the work that I do is always done in Microsoft Office and specifically Word. And I was an Entourage user until I got Spotlight. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll have to switch back once <laughs> that's supported. It's um, a great time to move to, if you're not using Entourage right now, it's a great time to use Entourage. We've got a lot new, a lot of new functionality through the integration with, with Tiger. So that's something I really would want, want to note as well. So like you said, if you've, if you've stopped using it because of Spotlight or because of Sync Services, now's a great time to give it another try or to discover it for, for, the new, for the first time. Yeah, if you haven't used Entourage, I used Entourage for a number of years since the first version came out on the Mac OS X, and I, it was my favorite email program. But once uh, Tiger was released, and I, the main draw for me in Tiger was the searchability, and because it couldn't right. search those email messages, which was really, because I get so much email messages associated with MyMac.com, sure, yeah. I switched over to Mail. And I really haven't been all that pleased with Mail. It's just, it, it it's not robust enough for me. So with uh, Entourage supporting Spotlight, or maybe that's going to be right. Spotlight supporting mm-hmm. Entourage. <laughs> yeah, um, so I, actually they're both, it's coming out in March. And as, if you were a Mail user, um, you're able to think back a lot of that, a lot of the contact information and events and things like that that you might have been using in, in your mail app, so you might be able to think it back over to Entourage if you're about yeah. to make that switch back. I'm definitely going to look. Update March. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to look seriously at it because I, I really do miss using that program. No, um, it's really robust, and I don't know if you've ever used the Project Center within it as well, but it's a great tool for managing all of the information related to various projects and files and emails and calendar events. So it's something that I think that's little known about, but it's something that's really valuable and one of the really cool things within Office 2004. For our listeners out there who don't have Microsoft Office or those who just simply want another copy, we are giving three copies away. Simply send an email to contest at mymac.com. In the subject line, put uh, Microsoft Office. We will randomly draw three winners on Monday, Monday being the, what is that, the 5th? Boy, we're in March. No, oh, wait. no, that's that's. I haven't Chad, flipped my calendar yet. You haven't flipped your calendar. That's the sixth. Yes, uh, by Monday, 
uh, August 6th, midnight. March 6th. March midnight. 6th. What did I say? August. August. Well, wow, that would have been a long contest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, March 6th, midnight, we're going to close the contest, and we'll announce the winners on the next show. Amanda, we really want to thank you for coming on. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we let you go and get back to work? I think that's about it. Thanks for having me, and uh, you know, I want to encourage everybody to enter our sweepstakes as well. Um, there's lots of chances to win today, and uh, thanks again for having me. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Have Amanda. a good day. Thanks. You too. Most websites are only there for you to buy something. Buy, buy, save, buy. Save, save. At smalldog.com, well, they're happy if you buy something, but that's just half the story. Take a walk around smalldog.com and you'll find the inside scoop on Mac products and lots of helpful how-tos for beginners and experts alike. Digital photography and graphic design, music and sound, small business and more. From iTunes to inkjets, Apple to Ziff. Smalldog.com, so you can love your Mac more. High technology at low prices. Smalldog.com. If you're a Mac user and you need a hosting service for your website, why would you want to host your site on anything else but a Macintosh? Anotech has been hosting the MyMac.com website for over seven years, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Are they the cheapest web hosting company in the world? No. Do they offer the largest amount of service space of bandwidth in the world? Of course not. But with Inotech, you don't get pie-in-the-sky false promises, just the best customer service, the most popular hosting service plans, and everything running on the latest Apple Macintosh server gear. Check them out at www.inotech.com backslash MyMac for special pricing. That's www.inno-tech.com backslash MyMac. Inotech, the trusted web server of MyMac.com for over seven years. That's like 49 dog years. I think that was a real fun and uh, interesting interview with Amanda at Microsoft. Yep. Once again, let me reiterate, we are giving away three copies of Microsoft Office 2004 for the Mac. Mm -hmm. All you have to do to enter is... Send an email with the... In the message line, put... <laughs> sorry. Oh, blah. Microsoft... Is that what we said? No. No. Uh, no. Office, oh. Office 2004. Yep. And uh, send it to contest at mymac.com. I ambushed you again there, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, we've got a few more things that we definitely want to take care of on today's show, even mm -hmm. though we're over an hour once again. Yeah. I don't know how that happens. I keep thinking we're going to keep this one under an hour, and all of a sudden, bam, <clears> we're <throat> over an hour. Um, let's see here. Uh, this is kind of news, but not really. I just thought it was really cool. A Mac modder uh, with much better skill than Chad or I. Mm -hmm. Uh, has taken apart a G4 Mac Mini and put it inside of an original Nintendo Entertainment System. Wow. You know, the 1985 mm -hmm. one, yeah. Uh, looking at the pictures, the modder has added a DVD writer via an IDE to USB adapter. He also made it so that the power button on the NES, um, which he put on, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the, the power button will put the Mini to sleep. The DVD tray ejects out of the cartridge opening on the NES. Remember, the <clears throat> Mac Mini doesn't have a tray. It's yeah. slot loading. So he yeah. added this DVD burner. And the reset key will make the DVD player actually eject. It's a very, very impressive mod. Uh, we have a link to it up on the show notes for those who want to take a look. But I did go to their website, and I copied down what the modder wrote. Do you want to read this, or do you want me to? Oh, you go ahead. Go ahead. <coughs> The model writes, well, somebody had to do it. The Mac Mini NES was an idea born out of necessity. 
and a love for the hardware modification arts, necessity because I own an internal DVD writer for my previous PC and, with the switch to the, an Apple PC, I'll let that go since he's new, yeah. Apple PC, um, <clears throat> I was left... Uh, I was left to use an IDE to USB adapter. Enclosures are expensive. Uh, this was mu- this was too much of a ghetto-looking setup for my taste. Most of all, the two-ton, eight-bit console has appealing style and is a famous icon of console gaming. Not to mention ideal dimensions for a desktop system, which it really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, inside, you will find a Mac Mini, a DVD writer, and a IDE to USB 2.0 circuitry. I decided the best way to maintain a high level of functionality would be to keep the bottom and rear of the mini casing. Uh, in other words, the back of the mini is the back of the NES, yeah, yeah. so you can plug everything right into yep. it. Um, in doing this, all connections on the rear would be neat and well-mounted. Because I did not want to permanently alter the mini at first, so I placed the USB port for the IDE circuit case mounted as opposed to soldering it to the Mac motherboard. You know, it's just really, really cool looking. I mean, it looks like a stock NES. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike our Atari 2600 that we crammed a Mac into, that we yeah. had to cut the front off so... We could have the slot, the, the DVD tray pop out. On the NES, yeah. he did. You open that tray up, the little yeah. cartridge, and it slides oh, out of there. Sweet. It probably actually pushes it open if it ejects. I don't know. I like to see it in action. Yeah. Um, ours, the little faux wood grain actually mm-hmm. pops up and, and slides out. So in, in some respects, I like ours better. Mm-hmm. And I also like ours better because I just think the Atari 2600 is much cooler looking yeah. aesthetically than... I've used aesthetic a lot in the last couple of podcasts. Yeah. What's up with that? Uh, I think it just looks better than the NES. Uh, we've got a lot of feedback and we've got some really cool stuff going on at MyMac.com. So let's go up to the MyMac.com website, first of all, and uh, give some updates on what's going up there if you guys haven't been checking it out. And uh, Klaus Wolf, our... Come on. Our Berlin correspondent. (laughs) Our Berlin bureau chief. There you go. Uh, Did a review of Media Central 1.2. It's basically a spotlight-like application that will turn your Macintosh into a media center. Not spotlight. 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 I'm sorry, front row. Front row. I've got it. It works. It's free. It actually has more functionality than Front Row does. Um, if they continue to develop this, Apple's could really be... They could be in trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's its a fantastic piece of software. Um, <clears throat> of course, the machines that Front Row ship on, including the new Mac Mini, um, has the remote control, so that's kind of a big yeah. advantage for Front Row. But um, Klaus did a review. Go check that out. Uh, I did a... I guess you call it a mini review of some neat rad tech gear that they sent. They mm-hmm. sent a box full of rad tech stuff, and I did some reviews. Some of it's really cool. Some of it's not yeah. as cool, but it, it's still pretty nice stuff. Yep. We got Maxpiration Twenty Four from Donnie Yankelo, Bookmarks in Safari. Donnie tells you how to create and manage your bookmarks using Safari. Uh, last Friday, I posted a review of Roxio Toast Seven. And that review was by me. That's a really, really impressive piece of software. Mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, I, I go into quite a bit... Spanning. Is spanning. What happens with spanning? Mm-hmm. Let's say you've got, I don't know, a, a six megabyte or a six gigabyte iMovie file. Mm-hmm. Well, how are you going to back that up? Yeah, you can back it up to like an external FireWire hard drive, but that's not really an ideal archive solution. An ideal solution would be to back it up to a DVD, but... 
you know, a DVD can only handle four and a half gigs. Mm -hmm. How are you going to back up a six and a half gig file? Right. With this, with with Toast Seven, when spanning, you simply drop that big file onto Toast. As long as it's a Mac only disc, mm -hmm. and it will tell you this is going to take, in this case, would be two DVDs, and it will automatically break the file up for you, and mm. put it on these two DVDs. The neat thing is that it also puts a very small program that it doesn't matter which DVD you put back into your Mac first. If you want to unarchive it, you want to copy it back over, mm -hmm. it simply takes the whole file, puts it back together mm -hmm. on your Mac, and you don't have to have Toast to do that. It's cool. So it, it's cool. just a really, really cool solution for archiving stuff. Did you read my laundry vent, laundry dryer vent? Yes, post? I did. <laughs> uh, go check that out clean on that the blog thing, side. Clean it. Who, who knew that you had to clean a laundry vent? I didn't know that. I mean, I, I'm <clears throat> as clogged up as it was, I'm surprised it dried any clothes yeah. at all. I mean, it was horrible. There's a lot of uh, blogs, including one from Donnie Yanko, Yanklo called An Interview with My Max Tim Robertson. Yeah, so I heard uh, you did an interview last week. Yeah, um, for those who don't know, Donnie Yanklow, one of our great writers who did the Maxpiration, who does the thumbnails, uh, he's a teacher. Yep. And one of the things that they do in class is produce a weekly podcast for the school. Mm -hmm. And so he asked um, if I'd be interested in being on that podcast as an interviewee rather than an interviewer. Mm. <laughs> and I said, sure. So it was great. Uh, Donnie actually isn't on the podcast. It's all students. So the students would ask me questions. We use Skype. It was a lot mm -hmm. of fun. And I actually listened to the interview part. I, I listened to that whole podcast. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a great podcast. Um, I hope more education facilities use this kind of technology because I just think it's fantastic. Yep. Um, and, of course, there's a whole <clears throat> lot of stuff up on the site about Apple's latest announcements. Yep. Donnie gives his take. David Cohen gives his take. Roger Bourne. Um, some good stuff. Go take it out. Take a look at it at mymac.com mm -hmm. on the blog side. So let's jump into some listener feedback. We're, we're a little behind on listener feedback. If uh, you sent us an email wondering, oh, I wonder if they're going to talk about mine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, we will. Uh, let's see. This one is from Rune Anderson. Mm -hmm. And by the way, there used to be a game called Rune on the Mac. Oh, I know. Uh, I I've got to, it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that game. Isn't that a game that I, w I really wish they would make a new one for the Mac? That was just fantastic. For those who don't know, you're running around and... You're basically a Viking. Yeah, you're a Viking, and it's just killing everybody. And mm -hmm. I think there was a there was a single-player mode to it, but I never played the single-player. Yeah, I always was, played online. There was an actual uh, story thread that went through that. So. Yeah. I, the first time I ever played it, when I was actually an IT manager, and uh, I was trying to show someone... I had played the game for maybe an hour mm -hmm. before this. I was trying to be impressive at lunch break to one of my coworkers. I said, watch this, and I'm online, and I'm showing what I could do. And Oh, look, there's a guy. I'm going to kill this guy. Mm -hmm. And I'm standing there with my axe on this bridge. Mm -hmm. And this guy, this character, this other Viking, does the thumb across the neck like, oh, you're going to die. Slash yeah. yeah. And my coworker's like, oh, he's punking you out. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to kill him. This guy was good. Yeah. I wasn't. This guy runs at me, chops my head off, <laughs> picks my decapitated head mm -hmm. up, and it looks like he's laughing at me. No, oh, my co-worker was cracking up. <laughs> he thought that was the funniest thing. Uh, I'll let you do the. Uh, and a lot of this is in response to us asking you, the listener, what you want to see on the podcast, or well, here on the podcast, I should say, the changes that Chad and I are contemplating to make and that sort of stuff. Yep. And so this is from Rune. Rune says, "I just love your show and have been listening to your show for the last six to seven months." 
It was great to watch you two do the video podcast, and I hope you'll make more than just the two you've done so far. We will. Yep. He said, I've been back and forth with the idea of sending you an email, and now I finally decided to do so. Um, you were asking about feedback to the concept of your show. What I love about your show is the news that you're giving with your own comments and making them themes for your show, and also uh, the sponsor that you include in your show. The other thing is your interviews and video podcasts. I think you should be doing more of those. I think the concept for your show is great. You shouldn't change it. Look at the late show with David Letterman and Steve Jobs one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> I like the comparison, even though I don't think it's warranted. <laughs> yeah. We're much better than both of those guys. <laughs> See how I turned sure. that around there? <laughs> uh, and, of course, he was entering the PC Weenies contest. Uh, unfortunately, he, he didn't win. Yep. Um, he is actually from Norway. Yep. And uh, he's an IT manager at uh, a local school, at the local high school. And uh, basically he has over 200 Macs that he's in charge of. Wow. That's uh, yeah. that's quite impressive. Oh, actually, it says, uh, I started in 1999 as IT manager of a high school. The school had one Mac and over 50 PCs. And now they have over 200 machines. Wow. That's, mm-hmm. that's grown quite a bit. In the last six months, the high school he works at has bought over 70 Macs. Okay, yep. Yep. Uh, and he says he listens to the show, and we really appreciate the feedback. Yeah. Um, you know, the format of the show, we went into a lot last week, and uh, we are just kind of rushed last week and really didn't get, um, couldn't get into it as much as we wanted to. Yeah. Uh, this one is from... Uh, this is from uh, Christos. Christos Hux? Christos Hux. And Christos says, hi there, I've been, I've lately been using iTunes to listen to podcasts, I heard a MyMac podcast when you guys were talking. You mentioned uh, importing VHS, VHS videotapes into the, into iMovie. What hardware hookup are you using to connect the VHS tape machine to your Mac to import the VHS tape content into your Mac and then into the iMovie? Hopefully it's not a real expensive setup. Thanks for the fun Mac-based podcast that we produce. We produce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wrote back, if you have a digital camcorder, you can connect your uh, camcorder and use it as a bridge. And what I mean by a bridge is you would go from your VCR to the camcorder. <clears throat> the camcorder then would go to the Macintosh. Now, a lot of camcorders are different, but there's always going to be a menu item somewhere in there that tells it to act like a bridge or mm. to pass a video signal through to the Macintosh. Yep. Uh, that's how I normally do it. In this case, and what we were talking about on that show in particular, <clears throat> I'd use the Megilla tv v uh, DVR card that I reviewed in August. Uh, you can get them cheaper than the 149 bucks that I have listed in the review. But basically, what that allows you to do is it takes any video signal that's coming in that you plug into the card. It can mm-hmm. be coaxial cable. It can be RCA jack. As long as you can get the video signal onto that card, it can record anything that you play. Mm-hmm. And in this case, I was making uh, a wedding video, well, editing a, an old wedding yeah. video that was on VHS. I simply recorded the entire thing using the Megilla card. Megilla. Megilla card. And uh, when I was done, I just took the the recorded file, Mm -hmm. dropped it right onto iMovie, and I was off and running. Yep. So the cheapest that I know you can do it, probably about 150 bucks. But you know what? That card's been out for a while. I reviewed it back in August, which is eight months ago now, nine months ago now. You could probably pick one up on eBay pretty cheap. I Mm -hmm. mean, you know... Um, that's going to be a really good solution. Uh, there's other cards out there that's that's right around the hundred dollar range. So, mm-hmm. but if you already have a digital camcorder, you don't need 
to buy any internal card. Now, by the way, that card you have to have a PCI slot. In other words, you can't be using a Mac Mini or a PowerBook or a MacBook Pro right. or an iMac. You have to be using a Power Mac G5 mm-hmm. with an open PCI slot. There are other add-on cards that you can or devices that you can use that you plug in via USB 2.0 or mm-hmm. FireWire. As long as you can get video on your Mac and that video source can be, you know, a, a tape or whatever, it's not going to not going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And this is from uh, William Rainish, and he said, this is regarding podcast number 70, I have to tell you that the review of Intel Macs are very flawed. You talked about them without having tried one, and that's one thing, but you get into some weird misinformation that I couldn't help but comment on. Let me stop you there. I We probably shouldn't have gone with this one. No. Um, sorry about that, William. Uh, we went back and forth a few times. William was... Mm-hmm took some of the comments that I had made as mm-hmm. something very negative as I was as if I was telling mm-hmm. people don't buy the Intel Max that right. I had some kind of a <clears throat> vendetta against right. them and I just didn't think that that was the case mm-hmm. and so I wrote him back defended myself and then he wrote back that in hindsight he probably reacted a little too strongly and mm-hmm. so it worked out uh, but this is the part that I wanted to read uh, this was one of my last res- replies to him Mm-hmm. And it said, um, the Mac press, for the most part, is afraid of change. And I, and I do think this is true. Mm-hmm. They don't like things that di- disrupt their beliefs. Apple has to take a lot of the blame here. Uh, as they simply trashed Intel processors for years in the press. They made the power PC, p- bleh, the power <clears throat> PCs seem like the be-all and end-all in microcomputers and microprocessors. Um, and for the most part, the Mac press ate it up and took it for gospel. Um... You know, Apple really did trash Intel processors for years. Mm-hmm. When when they would show the benchmarks against the the regular PC and the Mac, it was never the Mac OS <clears throat> against Windows. They never mm-hmm. used that. It was always, you know, hammering on Intel. Oh, right. these machines are so much faster than the Intel yeah. ones and blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's just, you know, I, I don't think the Mac Press likes... Mm-hmm. To have to change. <clears throat> they don't like change for mm-hmm. change's sake. Um, people get in a comfort zone and they, and they like the beliefs that they have. And then when that's disrupted, a lot of mm-hmm. people react negatively. Yeah. And and I'm guilty of that on occasion myself. And we've got another one from Ron Hardy. And Ron writes, uh, love the podcast. You mentioned what us listeners might want to hear. Just like a newspaper has a comic section. I would like to hear something Mac related in the humorous zone. Maybe a non-destructive prank. <laughs> My personal favorite prank messing with another Mac user that has a very cluttered desktop during a lunch break is to get in and make a folder on the corner of the desktop, then take a screenshot and save that as a desktop picture, then take all their messy folders and files they leave out and put them in the original folder you created so that the prank can be easily undone. It is amazing how much effort someone will put into trying to move or get info on their desktop files. (laughs) Uh, The second request would be to boost the volume and maybe work on the clarity. I have my iTunes almost cranked for your podcast. I'm also a Skype user, so I know some things are just not possible with an interview. Um, TS Beta is working quite well now, though. Kudos for your new newer mic setup. It has, uh, so it has much improved since the beginning. Just need a few more decibels. <clears throat> um, 
turning up the volume actually isn't going to make it louder necessarily it's going to distort it what Chan I really need to do is invest in a mix board that goes between the microphone and the computer yeah. so it can really adjust the sound quality and that's where we're lacking if you mm -hmm. listen to a podcast like Adam Curry's um, uh, daily, blah, blah, source yeah, daily source code uh, it, it sounds a lot louder and it is, but it's not louder than mm. ours. It's just uh, the it's just a much better mix. Yeah, and they're doing that because they're using boards, and we're not. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the case there. Mm. <laughs> uh, la 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 la. Okay, here's a uh, la la la. Uh, okay, we got this one today from Zeke. Go ahead. And Zeke writes. I was excited to see the new Mac Mini yesterday, and was just about to buy one until I read the specs. In small print under the basic features that the Mac Mini has, I see that it is now ships with an integrated graphic core with 64 megabytes shared DDR memory. I'm a switcher slider, Mac OS X, uh, Gento, Ubuntu, Windows, XP Pro. I have used a lot of PCs with integrated chips, and they suck. <laughs> I'm not a gamer, so that isn't the issue. But I just hate how it steals RAM and your overall system performance. Uh, I have a PC laptop that has integrated memory chip, and it is completely horrible. The video drivers often crashes with when running PS7 or stalls badly when first forwarding or fast forwarding or rewinding DVDs or video. This happens on XP Pro, even with an ATI 9232 megabyte card. Uh, no, I skipped a line, didn't yeah. I? I'm sitting far away from the screen. I apologize. Uh, this happens on XP Pro with Linux. It runs better. I re you can move your finger, Chad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I recently brought my bought my girlfriend's dad a Mac Mini G4, and it is a great. Even with the ATI 9232 megabyte card, it will easily run Google Earth in 120 or, or 1280 by 1024 yep. resolution with and almost the, no lag. Yeah, uh, I know that for the price they can't, but I can't read from there. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I know that for the price they can't, but everything is. Okay, let's just. They, they can't put everything in oh, there. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay, he put butt instead of put. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not your fault, Zeke, it's mine. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, so how would you feel if they put an integrator chip in it? And I kind of talked about that earlier on yeah. the show. I'm, I'm not real pleased about it. I think it's a step backwards, not a step forward. Mm -hmm. um, and he gives us some demographics. And uh, which is definitely he's, he uses Mac for digital design, photography, graphic design, web design, mm -hmm. video editing, Apple Script, and music creation. Well, he does everything, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, news. He said he'd like to have uh, the news segment. Yes, he does read thirteen different Apple mm -hmm. RSS feeds every day. But I like to hear different podcasters' opinion. I listen to about ten other Mac-related podcasts. Interviews. He does like the idea of us interviewing people who use Macs, especially the idea that you'll try to interview people who are using Macs in interesting ways. And that is definitely on our radar. Yep. Uh, don't get me wrong, we love the interview last week with Gil Emilio, and I really, really dug the interview today with Amanda at Microsoft. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to just focus on these big names. Yep. we got another big name coming up next week as well. Um, but that's not what we're always going to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and as such, I wanted to read this one. And this is from Rick. This is from the... Um, Variant Frequencies podcast. Yep. Yep. Rick was one of our... He won the mini stack. Yep. That went along with the uh, 
G4 Mac Mini. Although mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it'd probably work with the Intel Mac oh, Mini. Oh, yeah. Uh, he writes, uh, hey, Tim and Chad, I really like your interview with Dr. Emilio. Nice job, you guys. Thanks, Rick. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very cool that you were able to get him an interview with such an important person in Apple history. Now you have to get Waz. <laughs> you know, the thing mm-hmm. with Waz, I don't think it would be very difficult for us to set up an interview with Waz. Mm-hmm. He's just been in the news a whole lot lately. He's yeah. been doing a lot of interviews lately. He's mm-hmm. on Twit all the time. I just, I don't know. I yeah. He he's he's a personal hero of mine for mm-hmm. what he did, but and who he is and everything mm-hmm. that he's been doing since then. But I just, I I really don't know what to say to him in an interview. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I want to interview people and things that I, I, that I'm personally I don't know or mm-hmm. I think would be make a really interesting guest. Right. And at this point, I I just don't have anything. To ask mm-hmm. Steve Wozniak that most right. people don't already know, yeah. and I don't want to have him on the show just to be a fanboy and oh, we think you're great. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah. I, I I don't want to be the fanboy guy. Yeah, that's just not me. Um, and, and I'm kind of like that when it comes to celebrities in general. I'm not usually mm-hmm. floored by them, and mm-hmm. if it's someone that I really enjoy and respect, I'll go up and say hey. And mm-hmm. I, I met Steve Wozniak at the 2000 uh, Expo, Macworld Expo in mm-hmm. San Francisco. And in fact, I downloaded that podcast or mm-hmm. the uh, the video Delver, from that, yeah. and, and you can actually see me sitting right behind Steve Wozniak. Mm-hmm. I have to put a picture on that online someday, but I, I just don't want to have someone on the show that I really don't. It's not that I don't want him on the show. I just I I don't have anything to bring to the table at this time right. to make an interview with him interesting for other people. Right. Yeah. And I just don't want to play the fanboy. Mm-hmm. As far as the future format of your podcast goes, uh, Rick continues i wouldn't change a thing i continue listening to your podcast because i really enjoy the content it's interesting to hear your take on the latest mac news and to hear your software and hardware reviews we appreciate that if you are interested in interviewing a less known mac user i'd be happy to work with you as vice president technology director of corbin design i maintain over 40 macintoshes the macintosh has been a very important part of how we do our business i was one of the founders of the cherry mug the traverse city macintosh user group and he was also the president of the Cherry Mug for six years. And as you know, I now have my own podcast, which is VariantFrequencies.com. Yep. So I didn't respond to Rick. So he's probably wondering, oh, I wonder if Tim's going to email me back. I'm not. I'm going to wait for him to listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Rick, we'd love to have you on the show. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to have Chad get a hold of you via email, and we'll set up a schedule. We're actually pretty busy the, this month, uh, March. Yeah, we're pretty much booked up through March. Yeah, so. uh, we've got one date open, but we just talked to another large company that really wants to come on the podcast, and we're kind of hoping uh, they'll do so. Well, I know they want to, but mm-hmm. it's just a matter of working out the details. Um, for instance, the, we had the Microsoft interview tonight. I've been talking to Microsoft about this for six months, mm-hmm. um, not just uh, coming on for an interview, but to give stuff away in the podcast. Mm-hmm. And they were one of the companies that were considering, well, that's, mm-hmm. that's something else altogether. But um, let's get you on, Rick. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, that's all we got for tonight. We're going to save the rest of our feedback for the next show, unless we go over once again. Yeah. It happens. I mean, you know. Uh, give us an email. Let us know what you guys would like to hear more of, less of. Uh, we understand the podcasts have been running over. We're trying to, we really are trying to keep them down to about an hour or so, but yeah. sometimes you just get these really good interviews and we've got the content. And you just want to let them roll. Yeah. yeah. It just gets a lot of fun. 
We appreciate you guys listening. Again, yep. if you want to enter that contest, send an email to contest at mymac.com. A copy of Microsoft, Microsoft Office 2004. Three of them up for grabs. Three of them. So we're going to have three winners. Remember, in the body of your message, put your name, mailing address, and your telephone number. Yep. We, we like to surprise winners and call them on the phone while we're recording the podcast. Also, don't forget to go to Microsoft Office for Mac Spring Cleaning Sweepstakes and enter that in there if you haven't entered in yet. And we'll have a link to that on the show notes for show number 71. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, send us your feedback at 2mymacpodcast at gmail.com or you can send it directly to tim at mymac.com or chadperry at mymac.com. Yep. That's the show this week. Uh, next week... Hopefully, if all goes well, we have a scheduled interview with Robert X. Kringley from PBS. I'm really looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. I'm really going to dig talking to him. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast at our RSS feed at MyMac.com or by visiting the iTunes Music Store's podcast section. Please send all feedback to MyMacPodcast at gmail.com. And thanks for listening to the MyMac.com podcast.